2: her body's just kind of going all over the place and I'm like this is very is this why people like it I know <laughs> it's camp
1: nothing can contain her nothing <laughs> not that little like towel that she has tucked into her tracksuit that she runs in <laughs> not the straight not the shrub she said I'm fucking out here and this is me welcome
0: to me I'm ducking out you're out let's duck out together see what's all
2: Hi and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that can't resist the siren's call. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with lawyer,
3: activist and mentor Whit Washington about mature women. Guess who suggested this topic?
2: Actually, not me. Yeah, surprisingly, Wit, <laughs> But did pick it from the list of topics. Okay, quick announcement. This Thursday we do have a show it's our glorious return to Stonewall but it's Mm -hmm. not dyking out at Stonewall it's Lesbian Bar Project we are doing a fundraiser it is their second round of fundraising to help keep these lesbian bars up and running and it's the last day of that round of fundraising so we're having um, a big night of comedy tickets are $35 uh, and it benefits the Lesbian Bar Project it includes two Jaeger cocktails. You have to be vaccinated to come look at our Instagram for the link and the lineup. We've got Allie Clayton. I know her. Jess Henderson. Yes. You know her. And you, you I mean, her. the U-Haulers. You yeah. Yeah. You love her. You know her. We have Sabrina Wu, past guest of the podcast. And we also have Ashley Gavin. You definitely know Ashley Gavin. Wow, what a stocked lineup. And if that wasn't enough, we are having a musical performance by the one and only Sir Baby Girl. I am always so pumped when Sir Baby Girl is available to do one of our shows because they always bring it. They've been working on some new music. I don't know what they're going to do. It's always a surprise. It's always amazing gay amazing it's gonna be such a fun time so if you're around if you're in new york thursday july 1st at stonewall to save the lesbian bars oh and we're hosting of course oh we'll be there yeah we'll be there too we'll be about out and about being very gay and mingling like we were last night yesterday all
3: damn month
2: Yes, which makes this question of what's the gayest thing a little bit tricky. So I think we should talk about the bigger gay things of yesterday. And then if there is one gem that was particularly gay, we can tease that out. But I'll let you start, Melody, because... Oh, boy. Wow. Where do I start? If you follow Melody on Instagram, which you (laughs) should be doing, you got a little peek into her wild ride.
3: Got on a motorcycle for the first time in my life. Thank you, Sirens Motorcycle Club. I'm obsessed with you. I want to take lessons with you. As we know from my gayest thing a few weeks back, I won a raffled-off spot on the back of a motorcycle. I rode with the president of the motorcycle club, Sheila The best
2: experience. Yeah. uh, I don't know why I think that's funny, but Sheila definitely sounds like a dyke on a bike.
3: Yes. She was so much fun. She had her music
2: hooked up, like a little speaker on the bike. I didn't know Um, until after our show last night. I didn't see your pictures or anything because I didn't really have my phone on me much yesterday and that you had like a little mic connected. So you two were like communicating the whole time. That's so funny.
3: Yeah. I mean... Actually, we were screaming over the motor too. I don't know if that worked. That's why my voice is hoarse right now. I've also, you know, been out all night at a circuit party. <laughs> that's that's gay as hell right. too.
2: Um, yeah. Wow. I had so much fun. I love that you're you're ready to become a biker after being on the back of a bike going five miles an hour down. Maybe that two. Minute. Yeah, two miles. <laughs> I
3: clutched onto Sheila when we took off and I was like, oh, this is not necessary. It's, yeah.
2: Um, You're I like a full-on biker dyke/bike a bike bike now. Bike bike.
3: <laughs> I'm bike squared now and Yes. I wouldn't have it any other way. It was really funny. I could only ride half of the Dyke March. I had to hop off halfway and go to Good Judy for our show. Right. But um when I got off it was when everyone was getting off. They stopped halfway through for a moment of silence. For those who we've lost, the theme of this year's Dyke March was Black Dyke Power. So everyone was off the bikes. And then after that, there was a little pause. I got to meet some of the other members of the motorcycle club, and one of them came up to me and introduced herself and was like, hey, are you, so you're, are you friends or family Like, who do you know in the club? I was like, oh, no, I just won this at a raffle. And she's like, you're kidding. The way you've been dancing and flailing your arms (laughs) on this, uh, the energy you're bringing, I just assumed you must be related to someone in the club. (laughs) Like, I made myself so at home on the back of that bike. Yes, (laughs) you did look
2: like you were having fun from the pictures. (laughs) I was dying. I loved it. You looked so happy blissed out. Like, yeah. best day of my life, truly. I thank you, Dyke
3: March. Thank you, Siren's Motorcycle Club. Oh my god. Is that the gayest thing?
2: I think now that's going to be like the hottest ticket at the raffle next year. You've really talked it up yeah. and it's going to be a lot harder to get that coveted spot next time, but maybe next time you'll be the bike on a bike. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take someone lessons. riding on your back.
3: <laughs> I have a whole new personality now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you showed up in all leather at the show last night. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. The theme was Black Dyke Power, which Cecilia didn't know. And as we were riding to the Dyke March on the subway, I said, you do know the theme is Black Dyke Power. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't know. And the shirt she was wearing was <laughs> the golden girls dresses a bunch of like leather dykes. i <laughs> like, you're wearing a shirt with four old white women <laughs> to the black dyke pound. She's like, I'm repping the next episode's theme. Right. Exactly. It all was serendipitous. It worked out. Yeah. The Dyke March was great from start to finish, at least the finish point for me. Uh, Right at the beginning, I ran into a listener, Camille, from anybody who was on our virtual Halloween show that we did, You Halloween. There was a little game component during TN Trans set, and Camille won, and Camille was on a date. It was a a virtual date through the show. It was awesome. And uh, I... Ran into her in person. It's just so cool to see people who, like, don't live in the city and then just find you. And they're like, hey, it's me from that one show. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's the
3: one thing... I missed being way up front on the bike. I I couldn't run into people. People weren't running up to
2: you. Yeah. Yeah. It was so great running into listeners, as usual, at the Dyke March. Uh, Equally as great running into past guests. That's also one of my favorite things because it's seeing people and also seeing how people are connected to each other. So I was meeting up first with Ariel Duham Ross, who is a past guest, and her wife's boss, girlfriend is Joanna Bradley, who is also a past guest. So I got to hang out with Joanna Bradley a little bit from our lesbian aesthetic episode. I walked for a while with Valerie Complex. It was her first dike march uh and then she just came off a dike boat party with recent past guest Mackenzie Lansing uh came to the dike march found a baby dike in the crowd who was there by herself at her first dike march uh just fresh baby dike has never kissed a girl uh shout out to Jess who's super cute so if anybody is uh you know hanging around the Fordham campus find Jess and give her a smooch uh <laughs>
3: My God. I just remember so cute. You say baby dyke and I as we talked about on Rachel McCartney's episode, <laughs> right, right, right. Heterosexuality. Uh the dyke march was when I called a friend a baby dyke and she and got so mad out. at me yeah. and screamed at me and cried and that's actually the last time we spoke.
2: <laughs> so Well, this was a with that term identified baby dyke. Uh <laughs> <laughs> who else? So yeah, it was great to see Valerie, uh, past guests, uh Olivia Levine, Erica Rose, of course, from the Lesbian Bar Project, Gara Lonning of N-Baby fame, who is also getting approached a lot and in a very N-B and baby crowd posse entourage. You love <laughs> Go, to see it. Going through the dike March. I did peep uh, past guest Sarah Hollenquist of Dike Beer, but didn't get to say hi because, like, those dikes get shuffled around so fast. It's very easy to lose each other. And then uh, way back, one of our earlier guests, uh, Marisol Brady, was there. So it was a lot of fun seeing everyone. And I know there were a lot more people uh, that I wanted to run into who wanted to see and the crowd is just is too big it's so many dykes mm-hmm. uh, such a beautiful thing to see we also were noting that it was it like a different energy than past years like in past years I think we were all angrier because of Trump and now we were just like a little bit more chill yeah. It was like, it felt like a very chill dyke march where before we were like marching, like we felt it in our knees. And this time it was just like a stroll down Fifth Avenue, right? just enjoying the company of dykes.
3: Jubilant. Um, Yeah. The signs weren't as angry. I mean, literally there'd be like drawings of Trump on, like it was good to, we still have so much to be angry about, but like to not have it all just. Focused in on that. Right. I don't say him. I say that.
2: <laughs> I was a little sad that I think we're over Babadook at Pride. Um, yeah, I always dumb. love a Babadook sign, but that's just, just <laughs> I didn't me. I did see one. I know. I did see on one it. sign that said, white dykes, do
3: better. And... Everyone who passed it did a double take, thinking it said, like, white dykes do it better, like, right. a, like a proclamation of white dyke pride or like at the Black Dyke Power March. Uh, I so feel like funny. I s- we
2: need punctuation on our signs, people. Yes, yes. I've seen that too uh, last year at the Black Lives Matter that there were signs that white people were holding that was like, white people be better or
3: whatever. Uh, and you're like, I uh, sure do be better. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Rethink the sign. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing that I mentioned at our show last night was we passed by this like fancy bridal shop on fifth Avenue and it's like four stories up. And the women working there were like waving to all the dykes. And then you see the bride to be trying on a dress. So she's got her like, full dress on, you know, they're, they're all straight and they're like waving and going nuts and then the crowd's going nuts back at them. And then the bride-to-be just starts like slapping on the glass and it just kind of looked more like she was in this literal prison of heterosexual norms trying to get out instead of cheering us on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, like, there are two ways to take this. She's either really happy for us dykes or being like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to be down there with the lesbians get me out of this stress right now that was so fun and then our show to go from that to our show at good judy which was just all great vibes uh so many listeners so many people from our patron group our patron facebook group which is so fun because i feel like we're all bffs now we all yeah. know each other the comedy everyone's so good oh my god everyone I was dying. We it objectified was so good them, to sure. We said
3: they're all so hot. Get ready for these yes. hot, sexually attractive comedians. But they delivered. Everyone yes. was so fucking funny. Yes. I wish we taped it.
2: I know. I know. It was... Uh, what an incredible, magical night. Yeah, But I will have to say my gayest thing of the week might be what happened after the Good Judy show, and that's uh, that one of my friends may or may not be going through a breakup right now and had texted me toward the end of the show, and they live by the venue, and Cecilia and I were like, do you need us to come get you? And they said yes. So we were like a couple of gay moms... (laughs) It almost felt yeah. like a, a kidnapping. We just stopped in from the house and we were like, Get in the back and then we took her back to our house upstate, and it kind of reminds me of the movie Desert Hearts, where oh, it's wow. like there's a ranch in the desert for these like recently divorced women to kind of heal uh from their breakups and I'm like, what if we become like the upstate hearts a place for Queers who are breaking up or having relationship problems and you just need to get away, and then they just come to our house upstate and just collect you. Nice. That's so, yeah.
3: That's pretty good. A gay. lot more wholesome end of your night
2: than mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our nights went and completely We splintered there. Uh... I feel like I feel like both our days and our nights, like that we started out with very different experiences of the Dyke March. We converged mm-hmm. on stage at Good Judy's, and then we splintered off even more severely. So. And I said, it's midnight. Let's
3: start this night off. I was out until 5 a.m. <gasps> uh, I'm looking at my Fitbit How? right now. I've already clocked 18,000 steps. <laughs> After for while, well, I've done since I've woken up, is walk from my bed to my desk. Danced the hardest I've ever danced. Oh, uh, my God. What does that
2: I, even look like, Melody? Because I, I, I've seen you dance pretty hard.
3: No, no, no. You have actually have not seen me dance. If you think you saw me dance at the Lesbian Bar Project premieres that you're talking about? yeah, This was like filthy, grinding, sweaty bodies, just grabbing a stranger yeah. and like humping, like just primal I went to poppy juice iconic circuit party at elsewhere like multiple floors multiple DJs just it was like not to brag but I was dancing with a gay guy and he told me we had to stop because it was too much too real and he was getting aroused so
2: is that the gayest (laughs) thing? (laughs) Yeah, a fluid boner yeah A very confused boner. <laughs> confused Two boner. Two gay friends. Yeah, that's it. I popped a confused boner.
3: Gayest thing of the week for sure. Yes. <laughs> wow. He pushed
2: me off of him. He was like, "No, that's too much." <laughs> Love it. That's so much fun. Wow. What a pride. And it's not even over yet. Today oh, is no. official pride. You have a show tonight. Uh, You have two shows tonight. Two shows
3: tonight. Somehow, wow! I am so
2: excited. I love Pride.
3: I am excited for it to end. I mean, I am exhausted. I have no serotonin left from my own do it from you know social all that, but also drugs. I mean, I gotta calm down, sit down, read a book. You know, have some tea. (laughs) Too much.
2: Oh man, it has been a lot. The one thing I didn't even mention to another possible gayest thing, I think, was my outfit yesterday, which. (laughs)
3: Extremely homo.
2: I wore a rainbow maxi dress with my uh, signature leather vest on over it and pink shoes and. It was so gay. I've never worn a maxi dress before, or worn a dress while hosting uh, oh, a I've show. Never showed so much
3: skin hosting, or just in general. All, I was on a group. You also chat. had a fanny
2: pack, which I love. That you were oh, hosting a yeah, fanny the fan pack. pack, loved I it. Forgot to take that off. Um,
3: <laughs> I was on a group chat with all. My gay friends, it's like half gay guys, half lesbians. We're all like, what are you wearing to Poppy Juice? What are you wearing? Everyone always turns out these looks. And I'm always showing up in like a t-shirt and jeans. And I was like, this year I'm going to actually do it. And I didn't have anything. I ran to Rainbow. I don't know how what the span of Rainbow Stores is across the country, but it's like a Dots. It's like a fast fashion. Like you, They don't even have changing rooms. It's like you're in, you're out. Yeah. You have seven days to return if it doesn't fit when you go home. Um, And just got like the thoughtiest dress I could find, just like a white denim, like form-fitting <laughs> little number. That My outfit was pretty straight compared to yours, but my friend said I have to start dressing this way now. We'll see. Amazing. We'll see That's great I That's felt great. it was like A whole new personality That's why I was dancing Like Like so I, It was the dress Thank you yeah. Rainbow <laughs>
2: I felt like my literal rainbow dress, there was something very 90s about wearing like a long maxi dress. Literal rainbow on your (laughs) To, yeah, to the Dyke March. I mean, Um, we could go on. I know. So much gay stuff, and believe it or not, there's even more gay content waiting for our patrons on Patreon. We do have our Dyking Off Topic episodes that we release every week, so if you want more content, go there. But I think now it's time to get into our topic for the week with our guests today we are dyking out with lawyer activist and lgbtq mentor wit washington about mature women you know them you love them we love them wit is featured in the lesbian bar project documentary and we got to meet them at the premiere in person could not wait to dyke out with them so let's get to it Thank you so much for being here and diking out with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Hey, what? Hey, so hey so you. glad we made this happen after meeting you, IRL, at the Lesbian Bar Project documentary screening just a short few weeks ago. Right? right. Wow. Time
1: flies so fast. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. And we met you and we were like, we definitely need to have them on the podcast. And here we are making it happen. What a great time. let go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How's your June been? My June has been great.
1: My June has been wonderful. I got a sinus surgery last week, so I'm breathing better. My allergies are better, so I'm feeling on top of the world right now. Oh,
2: wow. Love it.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, congratulations on having that done. It's good to make sure you're all cleared out for Pride Month so you can uh, inhale and exhale all of that pride.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I've been waiting to exhale, as it turns out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Love it. Well, before we get into it, we have to ask, please regale us. What is the gayest thing you did this week?
1: Um, The gayest thing I did this week was I have I went out the other night with my partner and I have these like pink shorts and they're like already kind of short. And I rolled them up to be even shorter and I put on my like white slip on Vans and like skidded about D.C., and felt yes. just super flamboyantly gay the entire time. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: Regardless of gender, short <laughs> yeah. shorts are in. Yeah.
3: I busted out my Vans too lately. Vans are a good, good gay shoe. Yeah. Right? My wife has they rainbow really Vans. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. The like, like squares are
1: rainbow? Yeah. Yeah.
2: The checkered kind of rainbow. Sick. Sick. Yeah. Nice. That yeah, that sounds pretty gay. I like seeing straight men being pressured into rolling up their shorts or wearing shorter shorts and some are really embracing it and looking mm-hmm. hot and some are really very uncomfortable with this idea of short shorts coming back. It's wild. It's so nice to have your legs out. Like this yeah. is me, this is my world.
1: I'm showing myself off. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes and in the queer community just showing off your body is a thing so <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll count it that is the gayest thing you did this week yes. and yeah. plus you and your partner are such a hot couple thank you yeah can we make note thank notes? you yeah <laughs> yeah, we'll have to post a pic, yeah, on social cool. media so everybody just understands the the level we're talking about uh, because it's pretty high. So, what we did meet you at the Lesbian Bar Project documentary screening. You are in the documentary, but yes. you do not own or operate a lesbian bar. Why were you in it? Tell our listeners. <laughs> I
1: was in it as a patron of a lesbian bar. Um, here in DC, we have a uh, league of her own Aloho and I was a regular there. And after a super hectic time in my life, I went there for refuge. And that was where like my whole, this whole new iteration of my life sort of like kicked off. I met my partner there. I made a bunch of job connections there. That was where I started, first started using they them pronouns and exploring my gender more. And so I was there as a testament to the importance of queer space.
2: Love it, and the work that you do for political activism and ban the box. So you're you're a lawyer. Yes, I am a lawyer, and you've been working to get these uh, ban the box laws past. And specifically, are you working on it in D.C. or is it like a wider network? Because I know it's happening across the country and in, in different places. <laughs>
1: So I more generally work on issues affecting trans people and LGBTQ people in the criminal legal system. So like prisons, ban the box is a piece of that, like a bunch of different things. And that is like one of the facets of the things that I talk to folks about and work on addressing. With the CARES Act, there were a a group of folks working to have them Im- incorporate a bunch of different things to address the needs of formerly incarcerated people. And ban the box was one of those things because there are a lot of like limitations on what uh, government programs people have access to if they have a felony conviction.
2: Mm. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you explain ban the box a little bit I was more gonna for anybody say, let's, who's not yeah. familiar? Yeah. I, I'm back assuming a lot of people... Let's back it up
3: a little. I mean, I was going to attempt right. and yeah. I knew I would definitely not sound eloquent about it. So could you please explain ban the box? Totally. So ban the box is a movement to
1: remove the requirement for people to report if they have a criminal conviction on a job application. And so it's... There are a few cities um, and states that have human rights, uh, employment rights, things around. You can't not hire people if they have a criminal conviction. Um, But for the most part, that's not available. And so people can not be hired if they have a criminal conviction. And with the way that people are about convictions and like what a crime is and calling people criminals. Um, and it really has a negative impact on a group of people who are already like incredibly vulnerable in our society. Right. Um, and so it's a movement to like open up the employment space.
2: I remember at a past job, I was hiring somebody who did check the box and I found that it, and it was kind of a little bit of an extraordinary uh, situation and it felt like that dominated then all of the talks and the interview process, all the decision-making. It became this big thing that had to be talked about instead of focusing on what this person brings to the table, Mm -hmm. what they can do. And I remember feeling like, wow, this really sucks that people have to (laughs) disclose this because then Mm -hmm. they're it, it is like this cloud over their head that they feel like they have to explain away and not get judged. And then you have to explain to everybody else on their behalf and advocate and be like, yeah, they they did their time and this can't be held against them forever. And, right, you know, people need to make a living. So, yeah.
1: And it's like one of like the drivers for committing crime is like not being able to access money. And so how does it make sense to say, Oh, you committed a crime now you can't make money and also don't commit a crime and good luck. Right.
3: Right. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. We gotta ban a lot of boxes actually on job applications. There's a TikTok that went viral recently and it was some American TikTok user talking about a job application and they had to fill out their race. And the comments are just flooded with users from all over the country like, is this a joke? Is this for real? I'm genuinely <laughs> confused. Is it how is it legal to ask your race on a job application? Is I they I genuinely don't know if this is a bit. <laughs>
2: um but right. It, it it is that's there's also that do. box that's like do you suffer from any of the following conditions and it's like anxiety right. every single depression, one yeah and i'm like I, i've to never been honest this <laughs> right i'm like i'm not i'm not telling them that i'm anxious what like, Yeah. this yeah. Seems like, it's, a like really...
1: <laughs> it's also like we're all anxious like aren't we all kind of depressed and a little anxious and haven't right. we all kind of committed crimes like right right aren't
2: we... <laughs> Sure. I, have. Have. I just have um, big caught for my felonies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am
0: <I'm> a
3: felon. <laughs> I my mom is just slowly becoming an indignant white oh. woman. No, okay. <laughs> um, no, my mom is an Iranian immigrant who settled in Connecticut and. It's only made her. She's slowly turning into a Karen. But anyways, on her job applications now, she's trying to find a job, and every time there's race, she just writes in all caps, "human." (laughs) I love that for her. (laughs) Any other questions? (laughs) So funny. That's ban all the boxes. Yeah. Thank you for your work you're doing.
2: Yes, truly. All right. Truly. Shall we get into our topic? Shall we dive in? We're going to yes. dive into our topic, which is mature women. And wit <laughs> proposed a bunch of different things. And this is one we've talked about here and there. We do have a Patreon episode way back in the archives if you look uh, on specifically the Golden Girls. But I think that there definitely is something... With the love of older women, whether real or fictional, and the queer community. Yes, definitely. What do you think that is? And why? It's the freedom. You
1: know, watching Golden Girls, they're in their 60s, they're roommates. Blanche is like out here fucking whoever she wants, She's living out her here. best life. Sophia is out here like making fun of people yelling at people being funny Dorothy is cynical and dry and perfect and Rose is just the most amazing human that ever existed she reminds me of my Nana I think that's why I love her so much she reminds
2: me of my grandma yes (laughs) they kind of look alike and she yeah Yeah. And I feel
1: like it's part of that generation, but I I love they're independent. They don't rely on anyone and they just do exactly what they want. Like all they ever do is exactly what they want. And that is what I'm always trying to do in my life.
2: I love that answer.
3: (laughs) The freedom. Yeah, I mean, so ahead of its time in so many ways, but especially with queerness, like it was built into the pilot when they had they had a gay man. I mean, there were like patriarchal reasons why he was built in. Apparently, the original concept (laughs) for the Golden Girls was three women living together and a gay man in Florida. And then eventually, (gasps) like from the pilot, they kind of phased him out. His name was Coco, I believe. And he played sort of a butler kind of cook. And there are a bunch of reasons why he was phased out. It didn't make sense socioeconomically for them to have, like, a butler. Like They're pretty middle class. But the reason he was put there in the first place, because it was such a pioneering show. They, you know, had three women, but they were like, is America really ready for a show that only centers on three women? So we need to throw in a man. But this man can't bring sexual tension into the house. So they, because they would eventually have, like, all the male suitors and that right. would be where their storylines yeah. would come from with men. But, um, yeah, they had totally had a gay guy. And I hate that he didn't make it past the pilot. Really. I think it was just the pilot, but for sure. It's like right. gay math.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, how do we <laughs> right. incorporate this?
2: Puzzle. But- <laughs> yeah. What's like the least threatening way to present something that's not white men. Right, (laughs) what's what's palatable? Uh, But they do have queer stuff throughout the series, like when Dorothy has her lesbian friend come and stay, and that friend has a crush on Rose. That's such a great episode, and Rose Mm -hmm. is so oblivious. And handles it great when she, you know, there's no... Crazy gay panic. Plus Mm-mm. Sophia makes really funny lesbian jokes that I think we can all laugh at. Uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
2: holds up. It holds and up. Then
1: bl- And then Blanche gets pissed because she's not into her. She's like, I'm the hot one. (laughs) Right? She's like, not hitting on me. I am aggravated. She can't be gay. She's not attracted to
2: me. (laughs) It's funny because there are so many shows, especially from the 90s, that don't hold up. But my wife uh, has a bunch of comfort shows that are in her back pocket that she'll have on in the background while she's working. And Golden Girls is one of them. And it does... Hold up. There's very few things that you see that you're like, oh no, how uncomfortable to watch that today. It's like, no, no, they like this really makes sense for the context of all this. There's the episode where Blanche's is it her brother who's
1: gay? I think it's her brother yeah Yeah. Blanche's
2: brother is gay and she has a problem with it but it's dealt with in a way that's like very real and like they explore the nuances of like Mm -hmm. you know why would that upset Blanche and like what's the real problem and and all that kind of stuff and it's not just like a punchline or it's not just something for uh, ratings even though it's a comedy and it's a hilarious show but they do a great job of exploring um, and even with Race 2 there's the episode The Confederate where- flag episode?
3: Oh,
1: Sorry, I don't remember pop-
3: Oh my god, there's an episode where Don Cheadle guest stars That's right and no, I do remember yeah, yeah, it's like so ahead of its time and they have a really yeah. great yes. breakdown of you know, why it's wrong to fly that flag and yes. actually last summer when the protests were really kicking up I, I started to see that golden girls clip start to circulate, <laughs> circulate in the like we're learning yeah. from the golden girls in 2020 forever yeah forever yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and then there was also the episode was it's dorothy's son dorothy's is dating son. the older black woman
2: yeah yeah and they're and they're getting married and then mm-hmm. the, the the black woman's mom and dorothy are both kind of, like, united and not wanting it to happen, <laughs> but there's also some contention there, and they they talk through some uncomfortable topics about, totally. about race and family, and, yeah. It and this was is just, a
3: Reagan-era show, just
2: tackling right?
3: <laughs> right? all of it. <laughs> God, I love them.
2: Yeah. That, that's, I'm still thinking about your point about that, yeah, that it's the... The freedom of them just being who they are, which would be appealing to people, especially when we're younger and maybe closeted and not feeling like we can be who we are. And then seeing these older women just be themselves and and not give any shits. And um, I, I also wondered, <laughs> I don't know, like, do... Is this the thing? Do queer people have, like, closer relationships with their grandparents for that kind of same reason of, like, your grandparents are always feel a little bit more accepting <laughs> of you? I,
1: I feel like and there are so many queer people that are as obsessed with their grandmothers as I am, and it does yeah. feel like such a, like... Whole thing. My grandmother was one of the last people that I came out to, and she was so pissed at me. She was like, Yeah, you, oh, you thought I was going to be upset. Like, you didn't (laughs) trust me enough to like tell me. She was very upset with me, and we had like a whole conversation. I was like, I'm sorry, Nana, I don't know. She's like, Yeah, well get your life together. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Nana. Yeah. I
2: mean, I, I have a picture of of my grandma. Yeah. That I keep on my desk. Um, she's no longer with us, but I keep it around me all the time. Like I'm just obsessed. It was like the, one of the closest relationships I have ever had and nothing could touch that. So I'm like, Oh, is that why I love golden girls and, uh, and actors like Angela Lansbury, you know, (sighs) She's divine. Okay. I want to talk about Angela Lansbury and Murder, She Wrote, because I'd actually never seen Murder, She Wrote. And I love Angela Lansbury just from other things like Bedknobs and Broomsticks and MAME and just like other stuff that she's done. But I just, for whatever reason, never sat down to watch Murder, She Wrote. And I watched the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) like last night (laughs) isn't isn't it perfect (laughs) I'm a little bit torn like my wife my my wife was like this was very um, relaxing to watch and I want to watch more this might be one of my new comfort shows and it's so campy but then also I'm like I don't know if it's the editing or is Angela Lansbury a terrible actor (laughs) (laughs) like everybody's a terrible actor on it but like here here I was thinking that Angela Lansbury was like this like pinnacle of like British theater and and then I'm like what what is this what's happening here my favorite thing about the show is that
1: her accent, which is a British accent, is supposed to be a Maine. Maine.
2: Accent? Yeah, that's I what I'm wondering. I was, and was Wikipediaing. I'm like, where is she supposed to be from? Because she's talking weird, and it feels like she's doing that. Like, yeah, trying to do that Mid Atlantic affluent. Like,
3: Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock.
2: Yeah, but like, yeah, but like meets Maine, but has parents who are from uh, England. (laughs) So in the Wikipedia, I read that her family, like the character's family is from Ireland. So I'm like, well, now this makes even less sense. Uh, (laughs) Right. It's not even an Irish
1: <laughs> no. It is a non accent and they she reps Maine so hard with that accent and I yeah. love I love that clumsiness about it. You know, I like that's the other piece that is like so comforting to me. It's just like what none of this makes sense. How is it that there are 12 seasons, 20 episodes in each season and oh, this God. woman runs into a murder in
0: every <laughs>
1: single one? Right. Like, that, <laughs> and she's just a, she's a she's a mystery writer. Right. But she, like, and my favorite thing is that in the first two seasons, people are like, oh, we've heard about how you've solved mysteries. She's like, oh, I'm just a mystery writer. <laughs> like, I'm not an investigator. 40 and cases after the in. per- <laughs> yeah, after the first two seasons, she's like, I'm a fucking investigator and I write awesome novels.
2: Right, right. And I love that. <laughs> okay. So those are the things I knew about, like, going into it. I knew it's Angela Lansbury and I knew that she's this writer- but there is a weird amount of murders in Cabot Cove and Maine where she lives. And then I'm surprised that I watched this two episode pilot and none of it (laughs) takes place in Maine. And I'm like, I thought this was a show about Maine. And then at the end, sorry, spoiler alert. uh, She figures out who the murderer is. And then she's like, darn it. I thought we had something here. Well, let me take you to the police, but is like hugging him and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what a downer that you murdered two people. <laughs> what? <laughs> he comes
1: back. Preston comes back a few oh my seasons gosh. later. Good. He gets out of prison and of he's going like, he to be your publisher again. Oh, it's beautiful.
2: It's so beautiful. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I think my favorite part is just watching her jog for a really long time. She's like the original like Phoebe Buffet jogger, just like real loosey goosey, not jogging on any path, just like straight up jogging through like shrubs. Like there's there's a clear, unobstructed path, and she's like, let me just jog right through this brush. Her body's just kind of going all over the place. And I'm like, this is very is this why people like it? I know. <laughs> it's camp. Nothing
1: can contain her. Nothing. <laughs> not that little, like, towel that she has tucked into her tracksuit that she runs in. Right. <laughs> not the straight. Not the shrub. She said, I'm fucking out here and this is me. Welcome to me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> A gay icon. Yeah. She is. She is. Is it because she has this, like masculine feminine
2: kind of balance in that's her character that's i felt because well not even just murders she wrote but in bed knobs and broomsticks when she enters she's like on a motorcycle in like full on like leather and she just like rolls up and is badass and then she's like uh I'm a witch and then it's it's just like the queerest thing <laughs> she's just like this sassy witch and it's so good and I was so obsessed with her her character and like the witchiness of it all but also like the yeah the leather the motorbike riding
3: (laughs) where did you watch it Carolyn is it like streaming on
2: it's on it's on Amazon um but it's through IMDB TV so you have to watch ads right. during yeah. it is the only okay, cool yeah yeah
1: it's also on YouTube TV It's so it's on the okay. Cozy channel there's an episode at 7 and 8 every morning Love we it. DVR it and I will just sit here and watch Murder She Wrote all day yeah because I'm used one. to watching
3: it on channels like that that I can just get with an antenna <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the best I've also been watching so many like life insurance commercials oh, because yeah. it's
1: like DVR oh, right, right. and it's like I'm, the, the one I was watching this morning, it was like, I'm going to die soon, but I'm okay because I've been paying like money for this life insurance That's... and you won't have to pay for my
3: funeral. <laughs> like... The soundtrack to my early 20s, my first job out of college was working for one of those channels, Antenna TV, retro programming and yeah. like, scheduling those ads. And just it's it was really morbid stuff. We had to keep a master doc list, Excel sheet of all of our, you know, icons, leads from all these shows, um, like 50s, 60s, 70s sitcoms, um, and like when they were born, and it was very morbid, like when, like they might be dying soon. Like we would have to have like montages ready to go, like in memoriam. Damn. Yeah, it was yeah, like, really <laughs>
2: morbid. Yeah. I I mean, I had to check on Angela Lansbury because I'm like, I know she's alive um, and I know she's getting up there at age, she's 95. Um, mm-hmm. When they get that old, it makes me a little bit nervous. Also, Carol Channing was one mm-hmm. who, she passed a few years ago. Here's my Carol Channing coasters that I have. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I would just get really nervous every year and be like, oh, no, is she, is she going to go? The loss of all the various Golden Girls... <laughs> Right, that was too rough, and and same thing with Betty White. We're all nervous. I know Dame Maggie Smith. I'm gonna be a mess.
1: Maggie Smith has looked the same age for the past 38 years. Yeah, totally.
2: (laughs) She's 86, and. (laughs) And Downton Abbey premiered, what, like, 10 years ago, maybe? And in Downton Abbey, she looks like she's in her 90s. And I'm like, how is she only 86 now? Like,
1: In Secret Garden, she looks old. Oh, that was, yeah. like, when yeah. I was a
2: baby. Yeah, I
3: loved that movie so much. Right?
2: Yeah, she went from just looking very young to, like, just being cast as the old woman. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there was no... <laughs> in her 30s she started getting cast
3: as like 62 right right (laughs) another Capricorn queen we have the same birthday ooh not necessary just had to say it
0: oh love (laughs) love that love that
1: it's so
3: good
0: (laughs) are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube.
2: I mean, I was trying to think, too. I'm like, who are some of these older, iconic, older women who, who aren't white? And that like have the same kind of feeling to them. I'm like, I don't. Maybe they're not that many because like black women age so much better. Yeah, that, they're, they're
1: just like, just oh, that's sorry. a good point. <laughs> and
2: just, we never just think of them that way because they're all looking like amazing into their 70s.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. What, that's well Cecily one. Tyson. Cecily Tyson. Ce- just Cecily passed. Tyson was She's the one that came to
2: mind and an Icon. Like Angela
1: Bassett isn't how old is Angela Bassett and like Gloria Divine, Like all those waiting to exhale ladies.
2: Yes. Yes. So uh, Loretta Bassett's 62. Loretta Divine. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Loretta Divine. I think, is 70. Now um, she was born in 49. So yeah, Loretta Devine is 70. That was another one who came to mind, but she's still like, she still just feels so young. Like her energy is still, I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen her in anything recently. Um,
1: I've also realized that old age is so different now that I'm in my thirties. Like I thought that 60 and 70 were old, but now that my parents are like in their seventies, and so looking at someone who's 60, it's like, oh, you're still, you're still out here.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. You're
1: still hella living, kicking it. You're probably retired. What a dream. Your kids are probably grown. If you have them, you don't have to like pay for their stuff as much or at all anymore. Right. When my parents turned 60, they started going to like Italy all the time and just going on little trips and falling <laughs> in love again. And I was like, oh man, yeah. I can't wait to be 60.
3: Um, my parents moved recently to a retirement community down like South Carolina Hilton Ooh. Head area, and it's a lot of couples um, in that age group who are just partying, like they're yeah. swinging, yeah. they're yeah. having like. My mom's like, my mom will hide from them. She's like, I just I can't do another thirsty Thursday with these women.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and also. Wait, I don't know if you're into any of the Real Housewives franchises, but Melody did get me into Housewives, and that also completely shifted my thinking around older women. Though that's a little tricky because they're rich, so they get all that rich. plastic surgery, and then they look young. yeah, like, they looked also older why they see ten full. years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I like my I old love women to look old.
1: <laughs> right. You know who has aged beautifully? Who um, Jennifer Lang. Oh, yeah. Wait, I, I in seen the American in some Horror.
3: Years. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. I, I haven't looked
1: her up in a while. I saw her in the American Horror and I was like, oh shit.
2: Yes. I was
1: like, old women are beautiful. Old yep. women, they have a different air about them. They have a whole different confidence and it's so attractive.
3: I mean, my mom is a babe. Like, I just can't get over it. Like, she looks amazing. She.
2: Is no comment. In
3: better shape than me. <laughs> Carolyn's attracted to her sexually. It's like, uh, yeah, it's um, it's
2: comforting. <laughs> uh,
3: the it made me
2: think of yeah, yeah uh, cherry cherry Jones, who's a a lesbian, sixty four years old, and. Uh I was listening to an interview with her and, and Terry Gross and she was talking about just like not getting any work done because somebody has to play those roles that <laughs> that are older. <laughs> um but but yeah, it there is something to like aging, like looking your age, like a Meryl Streep Ooh, that is yeah. that I think we find very attractive, right? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah.
1: And it's weird when actresses, like, do mad work, and it's, like, your face is completely different. Like, I'm not saying you're not attractive. I'm just saying, like, wow, you have a different face.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's... Happy
1: for you if that's what you want.
2: That's how I feel about Madonna. (laughs) I'm, like, I think Madonna would have aged so nicely, and now she just looks weird, and it's unfortunate because she had a really great face at one point, and like just just let it do its thing but you know yeah. to each their own whatever people yeah. want to do to feel good about themselves mm-hmm. who are we to to judge um you know we're talking about murder she wrote golden girls another one in that trifecta i feel is designing women which i never watched but gene smart is having a little renaissance a little renaissance yes exactly between Maravistown town and hacks and The same thing. It's like people can't get enough of these older women and especially, I think, queers. I mean.
1: Yeah. And Annie Pops, too. She's been on a few new things. She's such a gem. She was also in Any Day Now which is another cozy, cozy TV. I love
3: love cozy TV. I love that you watch cozy. I haven't ever talked to someone who watches cozy. Someone else. (laughs) Like I really watch it via an antenna.
1: (laughs) so good so good it's like what else do i want to watch i feel like quantum leap is on there sometimes
3: yeah it's what i was raised on too with my grandma like i my parents are immigrants they would work all day they would drop me with her we would watch Mm -hmm. tv land like all day all i did was watch 50s sitcoms um 70s sitcoms and then we would eventually have to change it for wheel of fortune and then all of the soap operas but (laughs) even the soap operas Which soap operas were you watching? Um, Days of Our Lives, As the World Turns. Whoa, those are different networks. I know, we would switch, yeah, from CBS and NBC. Yeah, Melody wouldn't just do the NBC lineup.
2: How did I not know that you watched Days of Our Lives? So much Days of Our Lives. I actually had a huge crush on one of the girls. Was it Hope?
3: Was it? I just have to...
2: I had a big crush on, on Hope. I I was like 15 and having sex dreams about Hope. It was. And then I'd have to write about it in my diary. Oh, like my God. Yeah.
3: I was attracted I to it. Hope. But Hope yeah. wasn't who I was thinking of. But I was attracted to Hope. Okay. She had blonde hair. Oh, it's going to bother me so much. But I, yeah, watched a lot of soap. Sammy?
2: Was that her name?
3: <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> We're so sorry. What? It's important. It's important. This
1: is important content. Sammy no. all all the folks who spent time too much time with like old people. We were we were always watching General Hospital.
3: Mm, Yeah. Big
1: fan of General Hospital. I'll still watch it every once in a while, throw it on, and I feel like I still know what's happening, even though it's been fifteen years between watches.
3: Yeah. I mean I dream of genie, it it was a sexual awakening for me. And 100. (laughs) percent It's my grandma's (laughs) fault. I wasn't allowed to come out to my grandma too, um, before she passed. And I wanted to be like, really? Because it is, I mean, she accelerated it. She should know (laughs) if she's upset. She fostered it. Yeah. It's her fault.
2: (laughs) Okay, I just had to pull it up because I was I was obsessed also with uh, Passions, speaking of soap operas. Oh, my God. And I was. Everyone was very hot. Passions. Okay. Passions was like a sexier. It was the Passions. Was the, but no, it was the insane one. It was the one that like, yeah, jumped the shark so hard like it. It walked so that Pretty Little Liars could run, I think. Uh, I love that. So it had Juliet Mills uh, played this old witch, and that's Haley Mills' sister, which Haley Mills is like the original parent trap kid, and then she was Miss Bliss on Save by the Bell. And I think Miss those are Bliss. her only two things. Yeah, she probably has like a great career, but I just know her from the things of my childhood, which are Miss Bliss and 60 years earlier when she did the parent trap. Uh, but yeah, her her sister Juliet Mills, that looks like her, was played a, a witch in Passions, and I was just yeah obsessed with like the old lady witch character and watched this horrible soap opera. Um, partially, <laughs> it's like old folks and witches. Witchy shit is yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It draws you in for sure. There's also though this thing of like we expect older people to be more conservative or less able to like adapt to new ideas so is it just that we love it when there's representation that's like contrary to that or like I think very recently uh, a lot of people were bummed out by Rita Moreno who is mm-hmm. just like I've been obsessed with her In one day of a time she's And she blows my mind with just like her her talent, and then seeing that clip of her on Colbert, I was like. <sighs> and she came back and, and apologized. What did and... she do on Cold? I completely missed this. By okay, the way. so it had to do with, with In the Heights, and yeah. there was a lot of super valid criticism about in the Heights, not including Afro Latinos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as any of the main characters, when Washington Heights is like yeah. very much an Afro Latino community, and um and. She was like, do we have to criticize it? Like, leave Lynn <laughs> manuel alone. Like, like, Leave the boy alone. Yeah, like, leave <laughs> leave him alone. And he's the one that, like, has given so many opportunities to people. And basically saying, like, you can't criticize it. But the, the worst part was she was like, just wait. And, like, eventually you'll have your turn, which is, like, a crazy thing to oh. say in, like, 2021. <laughs> and especially, like, given... Like all the conversations around casting that have been happening in the past like 10 years and stuff that it was it just people were so let down and disappointed by someone who's such an icon. I think somebody explained it to her and Good. she came out with a much better <laughs> apology that shows that she, you know, hopefully understands um, why that was so, so bad. Hectic.
3: I love that she's saying, just wait. She's like, isn't she 90? It's like, how long have you been waiting and we're not there yet? Right. (laughs) What? Right. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Are you watching? Did you watch Grace and Frankie at all?
1: Of course. Okay. (laughs) Of course.
3: That's my shit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love that. I mean, there's obviously queerness in it, but Mm -hmm. uh, like from the husbands, of course, from the jump, but like the queerness is in their relationship to me. Like Grace and Frankie themselves, I love them so much. I mean, we have Lily Tomlin representation finally.
2: Right. Lily Tomlin
3: representation.
2: (laughs) Is is Lily Tomlin queer at all in the show? I've only watched some of it. Uh Oh. No, she's, she's straight in okay. the show. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: I feel like they're just sort of like, generally there is something inherently queer about older, just like the idea of older single women, right. like That they are, they're not connected to men. They don't like, they can, their gender can present and like they can sort of function as like a mask individual or a femme individual because they take up the whole space. which is so unlike women's space when you're younger and you're supposed to be whatever they're telling you to be. And then you get old and you're like, fuck you, I'm going to live my life.
2: Yeah. And uh, another thing related to that that I was thinking of um, that I didn't give much thought to, but about how a lot of people perceive that men when they – age and get older they get softer they get a little bit more Mm -hmm. in touch of with their emotions and that can be attributed to the decrease in testosterone that their body produces and i wonder if the natural decrease in testosterone and estrogen in our bodies makes older people like ignore gender boundaries a, a little bit more is that a thing
1: I feel like that could be a thing. I feel like it's also just the exhaustion. There's like so. I feel right, like there's right. just so much, there's so much pressure all the time. Like you're going to work, you have to dress this way, you have to talk this way, you can't yeah. lead, you have to lead. That by the time you get to be old, I've seen this in my mother a lot, actually. Like there are a lot of things that when she was younger would, that would stress her out and just like perpetually buzzing with like anxiety and stress and now she just doesn't have the energy to stress out and so she just she's like stopped she's gotten good at like setting boundaries all of a sudden she's like really she like understands that and is very good about it and I feel like part of it is just from decades worth of I I can't the pressure from all of this is too much and I'm finally just done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing about aging that it has that effect. There's a comedian, Jen Kirkman who talks a lot about this and Jen's in her forties. I don't know exactly how old she is, but she talks about just how her 30s got so much better because she started to care less about what people thought. And then by the time she turned 40, she had no shits to give. And it was like the most freeing (laughs) thing to like stop caring because you're just tired. You're just tired of it all. And you're like, whatever, I'm not dealing with this anymore, which can kind of go... It feels like that can go into two different ways: of people not caring and just being like authentically themselves and being really cool, or of people not caring and being like PC bullshit. Like you know, <laughs> that's Garbage like the bad way. Yeah, that <laughs> that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> the
1: the crotchety angry. angry yeah, folks. yeah, 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 yeah. With a jar of whiskey and like a shotgun on their porch. <laughs> right that's picture. Well,
3: <laughs> there's literally. I remember hearing this a year or two ago, the term age queer. Have you heard that? Mm. That sounds like kind of what we're talking about. It's like age queer. I like age queer. I remember reading something about this and um, from like some queer publication about like how it's, it's basically like you're refusing to conform to the social constructs of age. And yes. Yeah. It's a thing. Like I'm age queer. (laughs) Yes, I love that.
2: My and wife like is rejecting Asian. the, the like,
3: sure. so that binary would be like young and old then, and it's just right. just another binary that people are trying to abolish, right? So I thought that was interesting.
1: I feel that. Yeah. I feel that deep. Yeah, because I love to sit in and like watch Murder She Wrote and Golden Girls, but also I'm like only thirty two, I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that we start to get past some of the. The shaming specifically, I feel, of women who are older and act younger or try to act however they feel. Going back to Madonna, for example, uh, ever since she turned 40, she was being screamed at to cover up her body, stop trying to dance like a young person, stop putting out dance music and like so much of that. That shaming makes people feel like, oh, being old means acting acting a certain way. But then you have these examples, like on TV, like we talk about Golden Girls. What, what was Designing Women about? I know they were in the South.
1: They were in the South. I think there was a set of sisters and they were like interior designers. And yeah. they had like their one gay friend. And they like dealt with the trials and tribulations of being like, they were probably in their... 30s. Right? Yeah, that seems about maybe 40s. Maybe 50s. It's hard to say. Time <laughs> is very confusing.
2: Golden um, girls, their ages is also very confusing, let me say. Especially yeah. with Sophia being Dorothy's mom. The math right. doesn't add up, especially yeah. when Sophia's <laughs> younger than <laughs> B. Yeah, than all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're queering age. Yeah, th- th-
2: really. Because there's one episode where I'm like, "How old are they supposed to be?" Because I'm pretty sure Blanche is like 50, but then they're acting like it's really wild for her to be having sex in her 50s, uh, <laughs> like she's you know the wild one. And I'm like, I don't- she's young. Like, <laughs> like they're they're all they're all younger than my mom, except for Sophia, who's my mom's age. But my mom doesn't look like Sophia. My mom looks like blanche like <laughs> right yeah it i that
1: is the strangest like getting older and seeing what age is from a kidult perspective right it's so it's so wild to look at people like in their 20s and feel like that is very young but also still feel like people in their 60s still aren't
2: yeah old right
1: Right. It's like, I'm, I feel wicked older than them, but these people don't seem that, that much older than me.
3: Right. It is wild. I was telling Carolyn, I was at an open mic the other day and (laughs) it's like, I don't know what it is. I think this, it was a lot of people in their twenties and a lot of their material was this anxious age stuff about like approaching 30 about dating, like the punchline. in one girl's joke was like the guy she was with, like she was building it up to set him up. Like he was such a loser. And then like the punchline was that his age was 34. It was like, granted, it's an open mic. It's not great. Uh, (laughs) But like, it was all so, so age centric. And I was like, is it because they're all, they all came out of a pandemic in these like early 20s, Comics are like freaked out about this year and a half they lost, and they're yeah, they're like anxious because really they lost. Hyper a, focused a good on year. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was wild. Yeah, I felt so much older than them, like yeah. decades mm-hmm. older. When really, it's like five years older than a lot of them.
2: <laughs> um, right? It was really wild. It, it is a crazy thing to be. I mean, I guess at any job you're in Um, you're working with people for the most part of different generations, different ages, but it's kind of like, well, the newer people with less experience are the younger people and then the older people. But in comedy, it's, it flattens out a little bit where it's like people can start at any age. So I just go around assuming that people are more or less my age until they are like, Who's Alanis Morissette? That's a throwback to her last week's episode. Um, and then you're like, what? Like, yeah. Oh, sorry, we're from different oh, I'm, planets.
1: I'm personally offended, actually.
3: Hit
2: me in right. the oh. yes,
3: That
1: one. Well,
2: or the the episode that we, the non-binary episode we had with Garalanning, and they had no idea who the brat was. Yeah, and we're like, oh. It's
1: like talk about a queer awakening.
2: Okay, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like what? Debrat?
1: Yeah, I don't think she is she queer. Yes,
3: yes, she is queer. Yeah, yeah. but she like finally came out. She finally, she finally yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It like yeah, it took a while.
1: That was definitely a number one when I was younger, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so funny getting older too and realizing those pieces. The the like. Looking up to people was sexual attraction, like learning right. what sexual attraction was, and right. and figuring out that that was a whole that was a whole thing.
2: Do you find yourself sexually attracted to older women? Oh yeah. Do you have any yeah. experience like with older women? Like, what's the oldest woman you've been with?
1: <laughs> I was dating a woman who was nine years older than me, okay. and that was that's like the most. Yeah, but I I feel like. It was really fun cuz I was like very much she was like just getting out of the divorce um and I was very much her like little little hot boy and yeah. I loved I love that. Yeah. I love just like being cute and being out here and being being <laughs> silly yeah. and being just like with a more mature woman who's like we we're we're doing this. We we got this on lock.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Liz, Liz is 3 years older than me. Okay. But she's like in spirit, in spirit. I feel like I'm probably like a 13, 14 young man. Okay. And she's like a grown woman. <laughs> love it. love it. <laughs> That's like my gender. I, because I am queering gender, that is <laughs> right. because I'm queering age. That is my queer
2: age. Yes. Nice. Love it. Yeah, I I find that in theory, I'm always very attracted to older women. Like when you brought up Lily Tomlin, I'm just thinking I want just like a movie where she's just like fucking like I want to see like (laughs) Lily Tomlin like having like a hot steamy affair with a younger woman. Like I would love that. Yeah yeah that would be so hot yeah yeah and and just yes like (laughs) like when I think of these these older women I'm like oh yes like I wish I had the chance you know um but like in reality that never materialized like when I was single I think one time at a bar I was very drunk and made out with a woman who is probably 20 years older than me but like that. that was that that was it yeah yeah
1: it's it's I feel like it's such a dream because there is it is that like older calm like attraction of I am drawn to you like a moth to a flame yeah. of your your holy in yourself and yes, that is of them just being stunning in
2: who they are yeah yeah
1: I love Ugh. that that is yeah. Jessica Lange is my number one I think <laughs> I yeah. think she is my number yeah I would. Yeah.
2: Oh man, who would be my number one older woman? Melody, who is it? Who would I talk about? Um other than Rosie O'Donnell.
3: I know, other than Rosie. You can't take you can't take mine, Jamie Lee. Ooh. (laughs) That like imprinted on me. I mean my first like time masturbating was because of her striptease in (laughs) True Lies. And then yeah, that like older woman attraction only took off from there. Um, But I always felt not as much as Carolyn. Carolyn, you're always talking about older women you're attracted to. I am. (laughs) I'm trying to think of one example. That's not my mom, please. (laughs) I do think it's a sapiosexual thing too. Do you think like more people who identify that way are generally attracted to older women?
2: Yeah, may, I mean, I think that whole Sapius <laughs> <laughs> cut it. Cut it out. Cut out what I just no, said. No, 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 no. We're, we're cutting, cutting it. In. it. We're cutting it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I do think there's something to that. I mean, when we were talking to uh, Diana Suhami, past guests, and I don't like talking about past guests like this, um, except for Desiree Akavon, But I was I was thinking like, if if I were if I were single, and if she were interested, I would go home with this woman like she is so intellectual, and it's charming the past and she's British. Um mm-hmm. and the fact that she's just been like an out dyke for so long, yes, please. Like there's something that's so attractive about that. Yeah, yeah. I've been feeling it with Gene Smart in Hacks. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the scene where what is ha- I don't know okay. Hacks
3: Hacks is a new show on HBO Max. Um, Gene Smart stars as this sort of like Joan Rivers, Mary Tyler Moore esque. Um, comedian who has like this run in Vegas that's being threatened to end. She's trying to like prove her relevance. um, And it follows this like young comedy writer that's um, recently been like quote unquote canceled. And the only job she can get is like punching up jokes for this much older. So it like um, that's a good uh, show that focuses on age dynamics actually too. But right. there is a scene where uh, the younger, like, Gen X character
2: has a sex dream about Gene Smart. I was <laughs> so jealous her. of that. I was yeah. so jealous. I'm like, <laughs> if I'm ever on a TV show, somebody please write me in making out with, like, an older Because she woman. did get
3: to the actress herself got to make out with Gene <laughs> Smart. And I was so, so jealous. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: It's rousing. My wife is so excited to age listening to it, She's probably listening and being like, you better be like pouncing on me when I hit 60. Uh, She's older than me, but not by that much. Um, Yeah.
3: Allie's what? Three years older than me, too. Yeah.
2: I can't wait for Liz to age.
3: Yeah. It's like she. Yeah. I'm just like, this
1: is this is perfect. I know. Allie
3: sounds like Holly Hunter, too. To begin with her voice yes like for sure I'm just like in my mind Allie is going to be her and I'm attracted to Holly Hunter like I'm just like I don't know how it's gonna turn out but I've already designated what she's gonna look and sound and dress like you're already committed (laughs) yeah can't wait Actually, I what guess else? I am attracted to older women. I've, like, oh. on this podcast been like, I guess I, I don't think I am because I'm always comparing it to Carolyn's bigger thirst for older women. Mm-hmm. But this conversation has made me realize that Judith Light? Me. Yes. Ooh,
2: yes. Count it.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. She's aged well.
1: And I, I don't know how, I don't think she's like that old, but Juliana Margulies. Oh, oh so yeah. So I feel like another. She looks great.
2: I've seen her in person. I'm telling you. What? Very. Like probably one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in person. Oh, my God. Damn. Like the entire time my mind was just like I couldn't comprehend how gorgeous this human looked i'm like why it was it was like seeing a different species of person i'm not kidding <laughs> I, I like <laughs> she was wearing like this like emerald color and like that with her i i don't know i yeah, yeah i was yeah. almost in a coma it was nuts uh <laughs> juliana Marley's <Marie-Liz> for sure <laughs> Wait, um, so are we just going to do our honor- honorable
3: mentions that, yes, <laughs> honorable didn't get out this. yet, okay, let's go. Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, uh, Diane <laughs> Keaton.
2: Uh, oh, <laughs> Diane Keaton, what a good Sally Field. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Sarandon. <laughs> Mary yes. Steen Virgin. S- Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Davis um, Speaking of a league of their own, yes. Right? Uh, Christine uh, Baranski.
3: Huh? Is she in her 60s? She looks great. Love her style, the way she dresses, the good wife, all that. She looks great in that.
2: Right. Jillian Anderson. Of
3: course. Oh, yeah. Have y'all watched Sex Ed? Have y'all seen that show? I love that show. I haven't seen the latest season, but yeah, I I love it. I wish I had it um, when I was younger. So good. Right.
2: It's great. There's just so Mm -hmm. much TV that sometimes I get started on something and then I get easily distracted, but right, yeah,
1: that's why I always come back to Murder, She Wrote. It's like, I get very overwhelmed of, I don't know what to watch. I can't think of what to put on. So I'm, I like to start with season two, episode one, usually. Yes, That's one of my favorite episodes and Murder Takes the Bus. That's with Rue McClanahan. She's actually in that episode. I love and it. So I love perfect. I love that one too.
2: In in the pilot, uh, Stan is the bus driver in one short scene. Stan from uh, uh, Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's like That's a lot the- of crossover with, with the actors. Yeah,
1: with everything, and and also the actors are recycled through the show. Mm-hmm. So. They, it's like one person will probably have like 38 credits from different episodes throughout the series, which I really appreciate.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're always
1: meeting new people who are the same person. when I was when I was younger I used to love doing like celebrity celebrity maps so like give me two random celebrities and I'll connect them and I was so good because of how many different people have been on Murder, She Wrote.
2: Yes oh my gosh. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer
1: is a good one too. Yeah yes and Jodie Foster is also a classic.
3: Oh of course.
2: Yeah I mean Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman was one of my roots and actually I was just um hanging out with uh, some friends one of them's an actor and he was on a shoot in Atlanta and got to act with Michelle Pfeiffer and wow. said she's awesome like an awesome person so that's always I love to hear it love to hear that these people <laughs> are cool IRL or else it really bums you out are there yeah. any like butch
3: older actors Cherry Jones? that were <sighs> yeah I'm trying, I just want some butch representation and I'm like, okay, Jane Lynch a little, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Jane Lynch and Rosie. Rosie's having a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, She Mm -hmm.
3: sure is. She is. I'm so happy for her.
2: Yes. Ugh, obsessed. Yeah. We know this. Is there anything left we have to say about mature women before we wrap up?
1: They are the beasties. They're everything that you need.
2: Yes. Stay (laughs) great. Yeah. you know,
1: Stay golden. Stay golden. (laughs) It's affirming. Yeah. It's affirming that I can, that I'm right. And I can like be free in the same way that they are.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a comfort show that has a nostalgic feel, but it's with a group of women that are still so ahead of you in age Mm -hmm. that it, I don't know. Most things I watch that are comfort shows that I watch for nostalgic purposes are, you know, between kind of shows or things I enjoyed when I was younger that centered around younger people. I love that I can keep going back to golden girls and have dynamics to look forward to. If that mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: Yes. I think it gives you optimism about the future that sometimes because getting old does have such a bad rap. And then you have these things to remind you of like your best years are always ahead of you. And age is just a number. Mm hmm. And you're only as old as you feel. So I guess we'll end it there. Where, where can people uh, find you? Do you want them to follow you on social media? How can they get involved in the the causes you care about? What do you want our listeners to do? You tell them.
1: Yeah, uh, folks can follow me on Instagram. My handle is BoySquire. squire. Um, I have a website, uh, WIT Washington Esquire, and folks can reach out to me if they would like someone to come and speak to them or a group of people about the criminal legal system, um, how LGBTQ people fit into that. And um, also, if people want to get involved in supporting people, there's an organization called Black and Pink, and you can sign up to be a pen pal with an LGBTQ person in prison. Um, and that's, I love that. Yeah, it means a lot to folks. You know, there are a lot of folks on the inside who like don't have folks on the outside because they came out or whatever sort of circumstances. And it's really lovely to talk to folks, folks who like need to talk to someone. Um,
2: That's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to sign up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Up. Cool. That's so great. <laughs> Wait, thank you so much. It was so great to talk about this Stuff with you, and we can't wait to come down to DC and hang out. It's happening, IRL yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, you and
3: Joe and rach and the gang. Yeah,
2: yeah we're gonna have the gang's all here <laughs> as you are, bar. <laughs> hang for sure. Great, wonderful. Thanks, Whip. Thank you. Yeah, thank y'all.
3: Well, thank you, Wit, for being a friend. (laughs) 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 Thank you for being a friend. Oh, oh, yeah. Petition to replace the Golden Girls theme with that viral (laughs) YouTube of that guy doing his rendition. You've seen it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Shall we get into our listener question? We shall. This one's for you, girl. And it is from a patron. So we did just get it in and it went to the top of the list. Let's get into it. How is building your family going, Carolyn? Yes. You mentioned on the pod, I think about a year ago, about you and Cecilia having a baby. And I want to know, how's it going? Can you get into the details about IVF, hormones, eggs, and donors? How did you decide what to do? And are both you and Cecilia looking to birth a child?
2: Wow. Yes. I, I'm happy to talk about this, though. This is probably like a l- lot more information and a longer thing that maybe we can get into. Ooh, like on a whole episode. An, a whole episode or an off topic about it. But I do realize that there was a time where I was talking a lot about IVF and then all of a sudden I wasn't. And some yeah. people might want to know. <laughs> What happened? Uh, and I haven't been talking about it because we kind of did pause the process uh, a little bit. So two things happen was that, I mean, during the pandemic was when we were getting our eggs retrieved, and uh, Cecilia's second egg retrieval led to an infection, uh, we believe, and that infection had her in and out of the hospital um, during the summer, and then she had to get a surgery that was kind of related to IVF stuff to remove a cyst, and then that re-triggered the infection, and then that led to... like three weeks um, in the hospital, an emergency surgery, getting her fallopian tubes removed, uh, uh, just a lot of stuff, Um, being on an IV full of antibiotics, being allergic to those antibiotics and having a reaction. It was a a really crazy time, and her doctor recommended that she no longer have egg retrievals done, um, but said that she can still... Carry So the clock is ticking. We have one embryo right now that's frozen. Uh, and it's up to me for any future embryos getting made. So uh, I am hoping to start up the process soon of going on hormones and everything. Um, I didn't get many eggs out. There are a bunch of things that you can do to try to increase the number of healthy eggs that you produce. So I have to get back into that. Um, it was all disrupted when we decided to get a house and the stress and all the things that had to be taken care of and doing that made it really hard for me to be on a regimen of a strict diet plus taking all these supplements every day and doing all the things that you should do to make your body healthy. Uh, Instead, I was just like in a hotel eating Cheetos three times a day and yeah, yeah, living the dream actually. I'll look back and think fondly on those uh, hotel Cheeto binges. So, uh, yeah, in terms of donor, we decided to go with a known donor. It's a friend of mine who donated uh, his sperm. We probably need him to jerk off one last time for us. He's done it a couple times. And uh, once once I get my next egg retrieval done, hopefully uh, in the fall, then we'll try the next step and get those embryos into Cecilia. And if it doesn't take, then maybe I'll try to get pregnant. I would love to avoid being pregnant. I'm not not shy about expressing how much I do not want to be pregnant, but I will if I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: where I'm at, I think.
2: Yeah, it's. I just it. I. It's hard enough to function in this world as a human without being pregnant, mm-hmm. and then you're like, wait, you want me to add pregnancy on top of it? You want me to add another human <laughs> inside of me? That's intense. It's a little overwhelming, but I love Cecilia a lot, and if we need to do it, I will do it. But like I said, clock is ticking. We're not. Getting any? Oh, anger. the biological one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tick. Sure. Tick. Is. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's that's where it's at, and we can talk about it in more detail on another episode, and maybe I'm sure there are guests who have more uh, interesting stories and stuff related to that. But it it is a lot of decisions and discussions that you have to have in regards to all the steps of going about it. And it's also, you know, fortunately, we have insurance through Cecilia's job that covers it. Uh, Most people don't. And that sucks. And that makes it really... Really tough. And uh, we've also thought about adoption. But that's also tough. I know straight couples who've been trying to adopt for three years and they don't have a kid yet. So it's all very, you know, competitive, which is weird because so many kids need Need homes. Homes, yes. Right. Uh, We have friends. We actually went to the birthday party of a family friend. I don't know if anybody watched any of the queer blues clues content this year but blues clues was hitting it out of the park for pride to make <laughs> oh yeah uh kids with gay parents feel included in pride and uh they had a video uh, like a male segment and they had these videos of these families and one is a family that we know and uh Ella is Cecilia's drawing buddy. They have drawing dates every week where they Zoom with each other and do art together, and it was her birthday, so um, we went to see her, and she's adopted and has two dads and um, just, like, seeing their family and their story and everything. And it was so cute going to their house. Oh, my gosh. It was our first time there. I saw the
3: pictures on your stories. It's so cute. Oh, my
2: God. She's so cute. She panicked, I guess, before we got there and wanted to do an outfit change and put on, like, her most... Barkley sequined (laughs) dress. She painted Cecilia's nails and we were having fun. She was showing off her her bedroom and all her stuff. She had just chopped a board in karate that day so she showed us the board that she chopped. She was turning seven um, but her dads, they're just such proud dads and it's beautiful to see and they had the dress that she was wearing when they brought her home, like up on the house, or yeah, like yeah, on display, um, and like all this stuff from like around the adoption, and all these like beautiful stories about just like how much they wanted the adoption to happen, and like I don't know, it was so beautiful and so heartwarming, and man, just like like gay people be parents, they're so great, yeah. The love that these guys have for her. It's a beautiful thing. So... Anyway, if you have a listener question, uh, it can be a deeply personal question about the things going on <laughs> in either of our lives or it could be a general question about the stuff you're going through or it can be um, about anything and we'll do our best to answer it. Send it to Out at gmail.com and you can follow us online at Out everywhere. You guys know the drill, but yeah. if you're not following us on Instagram, don't be mad when you're not getting tickets to our shows. I don't know if there's a way to like be like always give me notifications from here because a lot of you were yeah you can turn on post notifications yeah it got sold out so our our shows now that things are back up and running they used to sell out before I think they're going to be selling out quicker now we only have you know more listeners than we did pre-pandemic so it's going to get a little competitive there and we would love to see you all and make you laugh and have our amazing uh, friends and past guests of the podcast make you laugh because they are crushing it, and also the audience is crushing it. Uh, because oh, as, such a good crowd. As always, whenever we have these shows, the comics come up to us after and they say that was a lot more fun than I thought it would be because lesbians (laughs) are known to sometimes be buzzkills as an audience, and our crowds are always there to have a good time, and we love you for it. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn and for pictures of bikes on bikes. You know where to go, Melody Kamali, on all social media, but def peep the Instagram for those pics. You need to pin those, have that be like a highlight A highlight story on your thing because those are such good. Yeah, I
3: will. I have actually a lot more. Um, Yes, you can only post so much on one post. I'll make a like stories highlight. I just yeah, I truly it was one of the best days of my life.
2: I love (laughs) it. Yeah, fun. (laughs) It was a great day. It was so much fun, Melody, and it was so great for us to do our first, even though we weren't together at the Dyke March, but to have our first like in-person Pride event Mm -hmm. together. So things are things are looking up, guys. Happening. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next Tuesday, baby.